and we're live. Hey there, everybody. Good evening, and welcome to the All Portable Discussion Zone. Uh, we welcome you to this uh, this uh, biweekly live stream. The name here is Charlie, NJ7V, and we have our, our two co-hosts with us as usual, Dan, KC7MSU, and Brian, W7JET. And we have two special guests with us today. We have Joyce, K0JJW, and we have Bob, K0NR. So welcome to everybody. Also, uh, welcome to those of you who are in the chat. I see a few of the regulars in there, uh, ready to sling some mud maybe, or maybe not, I hope. Uh, if you have any questions, please throw those up in the chat and we'll, uh, we'll uh, field those as we can. So let's go ahead and get started by going around the, the, the uh, squares and uh, just finding out what's been going on with everybody. I'm going to start at the upper left for me, and uh, that would be Dan in that in that square. So Dan, why don't you take it away for us? Uh, it's been a pretty productive week, I guess. Uh, finally got out, got to get out today and uh, do a soda summit, so that was a lot of fun. And uh, <clears throat> for our club, we had a pizza fest, kind of ham festy thing yesterday. So I uh, spent the day out there yesterday. But uh, it was nice to get out on a summit. Haven't been out for a little while. Cool. Awesome. And uh, there was a special uh, event going on that today, wasn't there? Yes. Um, today was a great day. Uh, matter of fact, that's one of the best reasons why I got to go out to the summit today. Uh, Robert N3BZ got his goat today on uh, Mount Doom. So congratulations to Robert. Uh, it's a great day. So he had lots of contacts and uh, I actually got to video record some of his uh, contacts. So I'm going to try and get that off to him yet this evening. That is awesome. I am I'm so disappointed I didn't get a chance to be out there and chase him. I actually, if I remember right, he, he can correct me when he's on here because I know he'll have to come on here. We'll, for, we'll uh, twist his arm and get him on here since he uh, got his goat. But if I remember right, I was along on his first Summit on the Air activation. I took him on uh, on Lone Mountain. If uh, He can correct me when he gets on here if that's not true, but I think it is. Yeah, I think he mentioned that you took him out on his first <laughs> one. So so it was a great day. So And I get to buy him his uh, Soda Goat Award too, so cool. Oh, he was right behind you. Awesome. Yeah, he was. Cool. All right, for me, I, I really didn't do a whole lot as far as uh, ham radio stuff over the last two weeks other than Chase. I, I've become quite the shack sloth, actually. I never thought I would, but uh, I'm actually working on my number eighth, my 800, you know, I'm at 7,000 something, so I'm going on going for my eighth shack sloth. I, I didn't, this uh, COVID thing has <laughs> really made me pick that up. But uh, I did get out on one activation, <clears throat> and uh, that was on uh, Rim Road Peak, and it was freezing out there it was uh 15 degrees and 20 mile an hour Ooh. winds but but uh i had some fun things i'll i'll talk a little bit about those later but uh had had uh some cw two meter contacts that was pretty fun but uh that's kind of it for me just kind of some shack slothy stuff and I, I made a video a new video on uh, fox hunt transmitter went step by step on how to do that so that's going to be up uh, uh, tomorrow so that was my business. Oh, and I, I actually went to uh, Dickie's Barbecue and, and met up with a friend uh, earlier this week, too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, who is that guy? <laughs> yeah, me and Brian had a little uh, little barbecue. What about you, Brian? Go ahead. So, I yeah, I met up with, uh, with, with Charlie Brown, the person, not the animated character, for some uh, barbecue earlier in the week. And uh, 
was going to do some summits on Tuesday, but I had an opportunity to go do something that uh, superseded summits. So ended up not doing that, but I'm going to shoot for that earlier, or early this next coming week. Arms working a lot better. I can, I can actually touch my head now and my ear. So that's a home run. That's progress. Um, and uh, <coughs> I've been uh, saving up and, and planning on buying what I call uh, my, my grown up forever, or at least for probably the next 10 or 15 years, home HF rig. And finally on, uh, on, on, uh, Black Friday, I pulled the trigger on it because I found the right deal, and I now am the proud owner of a Kenwood TS eight ninety. So, um, nice. played with that in the contest this weekend on one sixty. It actually works really well, and the filtering is amazing. I, I've I used a Kenwood four eighty for so long that uh, I went from a car with uh, with with roll up windows and a, and a broken AM radio <laughs> to uh, to a really, really nice piece of equipment. It's, it's absolutely amazing. I'm, I'm super stoked about having, it. and it's a really, if you're, if you're a CW guy, it's a really good CW rig too. The, the waterfall on it is, is, it's just cool. <laughs> so, um, working on pre some presentations for the ARL. I got two coming up, um, one a week from this coming Tuesday and it'll be on uh, antennas for soda. That's one of the things we seem to get a lot of questions about. So I decided to do a presentation on that. And then coming up in January before the VHF contest, doing another presentation on um, uh, VHF and UHF contesting and summits on the air and why they're, they're really made for each other. So excited about both of those things. And uh, I'm, apparently I'm also getting a write-up in one of the ARL publications. They sent me a bunch of questions and asked for a picture. So some good stuff coming up. Pretty excited about it with my arm broken and recovering from that. I Really, the only thing to do is ham radio. So I'm, <laughs> I'm taking every chance I have right now until they make me go back out on the road again. <laughs> cool. All right, Brian. Thanks. All right. Well, let's go back around here and that then and and get with Bob and Joyce. Uh, we kind of talked a little bit ahead of time about how who would go first. This is kind of a unique thing for us. First time we're we're having a, a dual a host or two, dual guests along. And in fact, uh, Joyce and Bob aren't going to be the f first and only because in two weeks we're going to have two people two guests on. And then the following week after that, in a month from now, we'll have two people on. That one's going to be a special one. It's going to be uh, Gary and Martha in a month. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, nice. So, yeah. So anyway, uh, let's go ahead and start with Joyce, because I know this summer Joyce just earned her, her mountain goat. And I reached out to her uh, and asked her about that. And she said, hey, why don't you have Bob come along? Because his was, was relatively recent as well. So I, I was agreeable to that, because we know Bob's uh, you know from a bunch of different things. But let's go ahead, uh, Joyce. Tell us about your adventures in in uh, in uh, getting your mountain goat. Uh, okay. Um, are you? Keep talking. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Here? So yeah, August tenth, I uh, finally ended my journey <clears throat> to get the mountain goat by going up on Pikes Peak and making many many contacts up there. That was such a fun day. That was it was just awesome. So we're, we're working away and I'm talking to all these people and the snow starts coming down and it gets really windy and cold, but it was an awesome day. And uh, we've been doing some Soda Peak since that, not a whole lot. We've been doing a lot of traveling. So we haven't done quite as many, but um, lately we've started doing uh, parks on the air. And Thursday was my first time actually getting on the air, making contacts <laughs> with parks on the air. So now we're kind of, we're going to continue doing this um, soda, but we're also switching over to Poda and adding that on too. Oh, that's great. 
So tell me, Joyce, when you were doing summits on the air, and I'm going to come back to the parks on the air thing, but when you were doing summits on the air, first of all, I have a couple questions. One, how did you get started with summits on the air? And two, what is your favorite meth, uh, mode and uh, and uh, bands that you, you use when you go up there on the, on the summit? The way I got started with summits on the air is Bob had been doing it for a few years, and I always hiked along with him, enjoyed... <laughs> <laughs> enjoyed uh, being part of that. And um, I would always go along um, for a while. I helped carry some simple equipment occasionally, but mostly I would just go along and hang out on the top of the mountain while Bob made his contacts and then we'd hike back down. Wow. You're a and very when... special wife. My, my wife <laughs> comes along sometimes, but she doesn't have the patience to stay up there very often. <laughs> oh, I loved it. It, it for me, it was um, probably the most fun way of playing ham radio was doing it from a mountaintop because I love to hike and there's nothing more special in my world than being on top of a mountain. So we started by doing that. And after we got, one day I was up there and I just decided if I'm going to do all the work, I might as well get credit for this too. So started um, making contacts and being part of uh, summits on the air also. So I started doing that. And then let's see your other question. Which bands? Which bands? UHF, VHF, uh, or yeah, UHF and VHF are what we've done all the time. And we did add 1.2 gig in there for a while. Uh, but there's not many people out there that we could contact with that. So we would do that more, just the two of us. Bob would stay on top and I'd hike down um, out of activation zone and we'd make contacts and then we'd switch. So we would do that for a while and got a few contacts that way, but it's, yeah, UHF, VHF. I was muted. Cool. So you and Bob both do VHF, UHF primarily then, is that right? That's all we do. Yes. Well, it's not, I, I did make an HF soda activation about a week ago, just, That's just right. because. That's right. Okay. So yeah, that, this is all, this is all kind of my fault. Cause uh, <clears throat> you know, way back when, when I first, when we first moved to Colorado, I sort of discovered the, the thing about, you know, you take a little VHF radio, a handheld, whatever, and get on top of a mountain and all of a sudden your, your little pipsqueak, radio uh, that maybe works a few miles uh, can now talk a hundred miles or, or maybe more. And uh, that really caught my attention. That, that was kind of my thing. It's height above average train using VHF and, and higher. And uh, so when, when uh, we started doing a bunch of uh, mountaintop activity and then eventually soda came along and, uh, and just to me, it always fit that it was VHF radio getting really high elevations and seeing what you can do. And then she sort of got drug, drug into the same, uh, the same mode. That's cool. You know, I, I, uh, you guys are, I mean, I know a few other people who do VHF exclusively. Uh, most of them do that because of, you know, they're, they like to do distance hiking and it's just, you know, lightweight and stuff like that. But, but there's, it's a, it's a, you're in a, you're in a very, very small crowd of people that like to do VHF. I mean, I do VHF, on the mountain pretty much every time I go as well, but, but not just exclusively. That's, that's a uh, pretty challenging. 
Yeah, it's definitely a challenge. Um, and uh, a lot of it, well, we can talk about the different pieces of equipment and stuff and techniques we've come up with. You know, a lot of people think VHF is line of sight. And, and so you're just, you're just so limited. You can only go, you know, a short distance, but, uh, but we've made, you know, we make contacts 50 miles is easy. hundred miles is pretty common. And I just looked it up. Our, our best contact, it was on two meter FM. We use single sideband as well. I'll use CW. She doesn't do CW. Um, and uh, our best contact was on Mount Scott in Oklahoma, uh, 245 miles on 146.52. Because uh, there was some kind of tropo opening that morning, and we just just got lucky. Worked some guy down in uh, down in Texas. Cool. So so let's back up just a minute because what you said there. You said you are exclusively two meters, and and you Bob do. Sideband on two meters, CW on two meters, and then of course the the token FM. And uh, and Joyce, you also do sideband and uh, you do FM. Is that right? That's that sounds like so much fun. You know, I just started doing. I just had a my uh, a whole bunch of uh, two meter uh, CW contacts just on this last last activation I went on. I uh, brought a beam and and I had uh, the di the longest distance was a guy uh, in uh, Tucson. There was two of them. One was 140 and the other one was 135 miles. And I I was just stoked about that. That was a lot of fun. I wanted to do that more. Yeah, figure out the challenge. I mean, we've had all our soda buddies are always going. Bob, Joyce, get on HF. What are you doing on VHF? You know, and and uh, we just tell them, well, you know. HF would be a lot easier, but you know, we want to do it the hard way. I'm impressed. All right, uh, before we, let, I understand you guys have a few pictures that you want to talk about. So before we jump into that, uh, Dan or Brian, did you have anything you wanted to ask? Guess it works better if you unmute yourself here. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Pike's Peak is kind of on my radar too, and uh, I understand it's pretty challenging to get up there these days. I think you have to take a tram and everything, as well as how easy is it to actually find a place to uh, activate up there? Because it sounds like it's you know a very active peak with a lot of people hanging around and stuff like that. And um, you know, have you ever seen or you know had to shut down early or anything like that? a situation one time where it was just so cold so bitter cold we had found a wall to kind of hide behind to get out of the wind but when I got to the point where my fingers wouldn't work and I had no idea what was yeah. going on from the waist down I was frozen <coughs> um, I ended up going back to the truck and let Bob finish but um, yeah there right now they have the tram is closed down the top is closed. The building is um, the is open, but they're building a new um, summit, house. summit house up there. So you can only go part way up, and then you have to take a van up or hike it. And so it, it's a little <coughs> more challenging right now. But hopefully, as things next couple years, it'll start opening up, and it'll be much better. Uh, great. It's a major construction site right now at fourteen thousand feet. It's just uh, it's just crazy up there. 
Yeah, I would imagine construction is really difficult up there. Um, my sister-in-law lives up at the Springs, so uh, that's on our list to go up there uh, next summer so I can uh, try out Pikes Peak and a couple other uh, mountains up there in that area. Yeah, I uh, actually I has a fair amount of space up there. It's just a matter, I would imagine, just trying to get away from the crowds and being able to set up, yes. you know, find a kind of a quiet spot, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's not too bad. So I kind of like Brian's comments there about VHF contesting and soda together. That's definitely on our list. And uh, so we'll, we'll probably go out again and for the January contest, usually the June, the June contest will I'll operate from uh, from our cabin up here in the mountains, but uh, but for September and and January we try and do a combination soda thing that works out pretty well. Yeah, the the January contest for for us in Arizona has been a big success. We usually have, I think the most we've had is about fifteen activators up during the contest on different mountains, and the the rovers love it because. We're all up there, and it's usually at least a guaranteed three bands, you know, six, two, and four forty, because everybody seems to have that. And as we've gotten, as the group here has gotten more and more into it, people have added more and more bands. So there's a lot of us that have <coughs> six through twelve ninety six, and at least FM on all of them. So we we end up we end up being pretty popular with the Rover guys. I've actually done pretty well. Um, in the January and, and the in the June contest that just passed, I actually won the Southwest Division, so that was kind of neat. And I only operated for about five hours. Yeah, that's, that's the disadvantage, right? It tends to be like an afternoon or something like that. You're not going to operate 24 hours up there. Or I guess you could, but you got to be prepared. Yeah, for us, I think the best time to do it is usually Sunday morning, especially in June, because afternoons here as as you guys have as well is is monsoon season and that's when the thunderstorms usually start building and you know i'm getting chased off the mountain um i have i've had some opportunities to activate when i'm in colorado i i, I travel quite a bit for work i'm, I'm a pilot and I'm, i find myself in colorado often um in fact my first colorado activation was green mountain there just outside of denver that little one pointer i ran up on it one morning because i had a few hours before a trip and that was kind of fun. You know, there's nothing up there. It's just a great big, you know, treeless flat kind of thing. And all the joggers are running past looking at me like, what is this dude doing? And me being the the genius that I am, I left my pen uh, back at the hotel. So I had no pen. So I'm sitting there with my phone recording it on my phone because that was the only way to log the whole thing. And then having to turn it into a paper log afterward. <clears throat> Cool. All right. So, guys, let's uh, let's get into some of your pictures there. Okay. Let's see if I can do this. Let's see. Is that coming through? Uh, I see a the group of them so far. Yeah, I see probably eight, ten pictures there. Yeah. Oh, it should be one. Um, Must be see. need to unshare and then reshare a different screen, maybe. Either that or pull your uh, picture that you have up over to over the top of that one. 
about that? No, I'm not seeing. I'm just seeing the the set still. The Windows Explorer file manager, whatever you want to call it. Try that. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, much better. <clears throat> okay, I think this is the one I sent you. Um, yeah. So this is pretty pretty typical. Uh, Joyce and I on is a smaller summit. It's somewhere out in uh, South Park region of Colorado. You know, obviously, it's winter. And this is kind of what our typical setup is. We, we have the little three-element arrow antenna. And then the, the fanny pack I've got there has a Yaesu FT90 in it. I've, we kind of graduated from HTs to actually running some power. So we'll typically around 30 watts. There's a bio-NO battery inside there. Um, and we, we uh, team it up here. She's making the contacts right now. I'm doing this super job of holding the antenna. That's what I'm really good at. And she says things like, point it that away. And I, I move it. So that's a pretty typical typical shot for us. Um, a lot of these are winter shots. Here's Joyce hiking up the side of uh, Monarch Crest, um, which uh, obviously a lot of snow up there. And uh, this was, this turned out, this is a beautiful day, uh, but this was like our third attempt going up there. And uh, the first the first one was pretty, pretty ugly. We got up up near the summit and the winds were like, um, over 100 miles an hour, and I what I called that like a marriage testing summit. It's like <laughs> really uh, put some stress in our relationship that day. But here it's all blue sky. So what are you doing bringing me up here? Yeah, exactly. Why did you think this was a good idea? Yeah. Hey, uh, real um, quick, uh, uh, Mark Mulberg. I don't know if you know him. He says he wants to see the picture of FR zero six three. I don't even know what peak that is. Yeah, Mark. That's Enzo uh, MTN, right? Must be. I, I don't know. I he's just down yeah, the screen. Yeah, N0M, Mark N, N0MTN. Hey, they're coming. We got FR063 is a very famous mountain in Colorado called Mount Hermon. I bet you, if you've done much chasing, you probably worked uh, WG0AT up there. Um, this is my pack, and it's it's a it's it's a Kelty pack. I like it because it had a lot of external pockets. Not everybody likes that, but I, I like it for soda. How many liters then, is that? Uh, what's that? Liters. What size is it? Uh, I don't remember. That's okay. It's a, pretty good size. Pretty good. You can put, put a lot of stuff in there. Um, this thing rolled up over here is the Aero antenna. Joyce made a, a case for it that works real <laughs> nice. First aid kit, couple of HTs. Uh, this is a Bothy bag. Uh, that we can climb into if it gets too ugly. Um, then there's the FT90 radio. That's typically the radio I'm taking. We're taking along bio and a bat uh, battery and the microphone. And then, and then the soda flag. You gotta have your soda flag. Um, <laughs> most people don't know this, but when you properly display a soda flag, it it adds two dB to your signal. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I didn't need to get one of those then. I, I haven't been using that. And then, of course, seems... we have, usually the deal is I'm carrying the radio stuff. Joyce carries food and, and other essentials. That's kind of how we, we tend to break it up. So that's my pack. 
it seems to me that um, most of the people that I've seen <clears throat> their contents of their bag in Colorado, they almost universally have a, a Bothy bag. Whereas in Arizona, in Charlie or Brian, I don't know if you know of anybody, but I don't know anybody who carries a Bothy bag. I've been considering it, but it just uh, it's so rare that you need it here because it's such uh, milder temperatures than it is there. Yeah, I think we've used it like once, but but it's pretty light, so I just leave it in the pack, and it's kind of a nice safety safety feature to have along. Uh, this is on Mount Hermon. I got a bunch of pictures from Mount Hermon because it's this uh, nine thousand foot mountain that uh, we can look out our front window and see it. But more importantly, Steve WG0AT can can just look up from his house, and it's it's just uh, looming right above him. And so then he's always called to go up there and uh, um, make time and activate it. But uh, this was uh, sometime during the winter. I think that was March. We we're on uh, Mount Hermon with with some other guys. If you look closely down here, there's a there's a bottle of champagne uh, stuck in in the snow because we were we were up there to celebrate. And uh, oh, I'll show you that in a second. And then this was actually a different day, but this is also on Mount Hermon. Got the soda flag out, and this is Steve's goat, Peanut coming over to check out what I'm doing. And so um, we don't activate a lot with Steve, but we've we've managed to activate with him probably five times or something. And yeah. and uh, and so we were all up there today uh, on that day and uh, Peanut wanted to know what I was doing with the soda flag. Peanut was is a good a good uh, guard goat. <laughs> then, okay, the day we were celebrating, it was the 200th activation of Mount Hermon, and uh, it's it's the second most activated mountain in North America, and uh, I think I think it just broke 300 activations not too long ago. This wow. is uh, this was. Right about maybe January last year. Yeah. So so it was my idea to bring the champagne. Joyce brought the party hats. So Joyce is there and and uh, Brad, WA6, Mike, Mike, Steve, Bob, and then Walt, W0CP, was with us that day. Yeah, I've chased uh, all of them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of the, I don't know, we thought, we thought hitting the 200th activation was significant. So we kind of all got together to do it. We don't, we don't do a lot of that, but but uh, sometimes it all, all comes together. And we had a great, great time, of course. And isn't it fun when you, uh, you have, uh, you know, a bunch of people you can gather and kind of shoot the breeze with about soda. That's a lot of fun. That looks like a fun time up there. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Um, this was, that was a different day, I think. But just to show that sometimes Joyce does antenna duty and I'm, I'm operating there. <laughs> I think this was probably the VHF contest because uh, um, she's got the two-meter antenna horizontal and I think I'm using the FT817. That's what I usually take for uh, if we're going to do uh, sideband or CW. Still on Mount Hermon that day. Whoa, that looks amazing. Wow, is, uh, that's an amazing photo. This is the, uh, yeah, Joyce took that photo. And of course, I'm in, I'm in the picture. Uh, that's on Mount Snuffles. 
It's one of the 14,000 foot mountains. It was, was that another marriage testing mountain? Yeah, yeah I think so. <laughs> I'm going to have um, to tell my wife about that. The marriage testing summits when she comes on the next one. And, uh, <laughs> that was, that was during the Colorado 14er event. And it was maybe four or five years ago, we, we decided to hike up in there. And uh, you can see I'm, I'm, I'm actually using the other arrow antenna that has the, the dual band elements, but uh, making cool. some contacts there. How do you like the um, 14er event? I, I've not really participated in it much from here from Arizona, but it seems like it'd be fun. Oh, yeah, we have a blast with it. I mean, it goes back, <clears throat> what, it's like on 20, this next year will be the 27th year? 27th, yep. And, and so it predates soda. It was just a bunch of guys. Uh, okay, I think I instigated it. You but, started it. But it was kind of like uh, we're all out hiking with our with our handheld radios, and we're like, let's get, all go out on the same day. This is going to be a blast. And so in, in soda terminology, we'd call it S2S today, right? It was kind of the main idea. Yeah. But, uh, but back then, we just, it was just get on some mountains with, with radios. And, and uh, so we had a, a good time with it, and it kept going. And basically... A few years ago, we said, you know, soda is such a big thing. We'll just, we'll just kind of make it a soda event. You don't have to be on a 14er. You can be on any, uh, any summit uh, that, that's on the soda list. So, Wow, Bob, you're, you're quite an that. instigator. That's great. Yeah, it's been, it's yeah, 27 years is a long, long run for something like that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And it also, um, it used to be on the first Sunday in August, and now it actually has stretched out. People will come from different states and come to Colorado to be part of the 14er event. So we now hike Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to make sure to accommodate other people who come and make it a bigger ordeal. So we've been enjoying, you know, that's, we get in condition all summer long so that we can do that. We try to do at least one 14er during those four days. That's amazing. You know, I have my sights on Colorado. It's one of the states I haven't activated yet. Well, there's a number of them, but close to me, that's, I mean, it's just a border state, right? You're just north of us. So yeah. I have my eyes on Colorado. That must be the time when, I think that's the time when I'm going to come up in 14er time. Yeah. yeah. Do I'll, that. I'll do kill that. myself, but having to get up on one of those, but whatever. Do like yeah, a I, week. I'd come up with you guys <laughs> offered Sherpas to carry me up there, so... <laughs> Well, you know, you want to talk to Steve and see if see if one of his goats is available, you know. <laughs> okay, so that's, oh, and then this picture ended up on the front of my book. I wrote a book uh, last year. Uh, this is basically all this stuff, VHF, summits, having fun in the mountains, that kind of, that kind of stuff. So a plug for my book. Yeah, I was and, going to ask you about that, so I'm glad you brought it up. And then, uh, let's see, this is on Chief Mountain. Also in the winter again, this was last March, I think. Yeah. And uh, this is another one we did with Steve. Steve's standing there and you see Joyce. And then it turns out there was a, there's basically a, a writer came along. He had tagged Steve and he's working on a, uh, an article for a national magazine, not, not a ham radio magazine, um, about summits on the air. And so he thought he's been following Steve and some other folks around <clears throat> and uh, you can see him taking copious notes, trying to figure out uh, what we we're doing that day. So we had a, we had a good time with that. That's really cool. And then this is, 
the day I made Mountain Goat um, on Pikes Peak. I think Pikes has always been kind of special to us because we look out the front door of our house and we see Pikes. First we see Mount Hermon off to the right and then we see Pikes sticking up above it. And uh, so it's always been special to us. So that was my Mountain Goat day. And that little frame thing there, Joyce brought that along. And that's actually a little certificate that, that Steve WG0AT had made for me, a yeah. special, special mountain goat deal. So that was pretty cool. That is cool. He, he does good work. He, I mean, it's, it's, it was his profession at one point, right? Yeah, he's a, he's a very artsy uh, kind of guy. He worked in marketing communications and all that kind of uh, artistic stuff. He and I actually both worked at HP uh, uh, at, the, at the same site for, for many years. Uh, and then finally, last but not least, about a year later, we're back on Pikes Peak and Joyce has got that big smile on her face, uh, knocking out the uh, her mountain goat uh, activation. That's awesome. That's Joyce, cool. congratulations. I, I just yeah. think that's so neat. You know, we have a, a couple of uh, people here in Arizona that are a couple of couples, you know. We've got uh, uh, Lee and Lynn, and then we also have Kay and Ken. Uh, and so I've always thought that was special that, that, you know, you know, the, they go up as a couple and they activate together and, and, uh, but, but you have your own story too, at the same time, right? Right. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And well, we figured out you're the eighth woman mountain goat in North America, right? That's amazing. Seven yeah. others. That's cool. That is really cool. And to do it all on VHF, UHF too, that's. Yeah, that's that's pretty tough. <laughs> that's that that's definitely tough. Yep. Yeah, I remember one time in particular. It was at the very beginning of of me also doing um, operating from the t from the summit, and my voice doesn't carry quite as well on radios sometimes. And Bob was able to activate or get all four contacts on the top of a mountain, and I only got three. So I didn't, it didn't work for me, but um, that happens. But yeah, we have a lot of fun doing it together. Yeah, good. And and uh, I guess it's a belated congratulations to you, Bob. I I mean, now where are you at? How many how many goats do you have? Are you are you working on your second or third or fourth? Um, no, I'm just just the one. Um, and I you know this is pretty typical. Like I'll I'll go after some kind <clears throat> of um, ham radio award. Not I'll, I'll kind of you know check the box on that and then I then I slow down so I, I'm not chasing soda point or uh, worrying about accumulating soda points uh, so much anymore I'm kind of shifting I think you guys talked about it last time kind of shifting into just enjoy it you know yeah. the points will will come I don't have any and and before that we were pretty hard set on mountain goat we we're like yeah. um yeah, our list of summits like this year we're going to do 250 points and it's going to be these <laughs> summits and we kept at it and you know it takes that kind of focus but um but now we're kind of easing into yeah what, what do you want to do where do you want to, yeah. want to go activate today yeah maybe well i have one more question and then we'll let uh, that's it for pictures uh, yeah uh, we'll ha i have one more question and then i'll let uh, dan and, and brian ask whatever they have left and then we'll move into the Second half of the show, which is kind of talking about some other topics. But my last question for you, I, I said I'd circle back around uh, Joyce and Bob. So let's start with Joyce here. Maybe Bob can, can throw in. So you're transitioning to POTA. Tell us about that transition and what got you thinking about that and where you're going to go with that with your goals. Um, 
we, we retired a couple years ago. And one of the items on our uh, bucket list was to go to all the national parks. And as we were doing some of these parks and doing more traveling, we have been going to a lot of state parks um, to camp, to get to the national parks. And Bob brought up the idea of, why don't we start doing a little bit more of parks on the air? We've been doing those with the national parks and hiking to, you know, and doing a soda peak in the national parks whenever possible. So we kind of transitioned into that and Bob was doing a little more of that. And just, um, just on Thursday, I got behind the mic also and did my first activation also. And so now we're starting to put together, where do we want to go? What do we want to do? You know, and starting to, to work on that a little bit. That sounds like so much fun. Cool. So are you guys going to uh, kind of do the travel trailer kind of thing and, and hit the hit the parks or is that you're going to kind of travel around for several weeks at a time or? <laughs> We're trying to figure that out. We uh, it turned a lot of things are coming together and this retirement thing is really good. I highly recommend it. And uh, and then earlier this year with with all the COVID stuff going on, we decided to buy an RV. It's a pretty small one. Uh, it's really just a, a really big van and with all the RV gear in it. And so that got us to do our traveling. We're, we're using that to travel to the various parks like Joyce was talking about. And, and so then, and then, uh, and then this parks on the air idea came up. It's like, well, we got soda, we got camping, we got parks and uh, you know, maybe throw in a VHF contest and uh, um, we're just sort of blending it all together and, and haven't quite figured it out yet, but, but this this is like a really good problem to have, right? Like, where do we want to go next, and what what kind of ham radio do we want to do while we're there? We've done so a you couple. Guys can do some grid square. You guys can do some grid square de expeditions while you're out running around. Yeah, oh, you have yeah. everybody chasing you for sure. <laughs> you know, yeah, most there's, there's most of the of... soda activations we do are already in a national forest or a national park anyway. So yep. it's kind of a twofer right there. Are you guys going to target a certain area? I mean, do you kind of have aspirations of like going, you know, Northwest first or maybe in California, or are you going to spend a lot of time in Colorado first, do you think? Well, this afternoon we were spending time putting together um, a trip this spring where we will have two, three national parks that we we still want to hit two in Florida and one in North Carolina. And then we're going to hit another national park that we've already been to in Florida, Everglades. We've been there, but we're going to go back. So that's one trip we're doing. We only have eight national parks left. Yeah, I think that's right. Eight wow. left to do. Wow. So we'll do those two. Then we have... Um, <clears throat> Two up north, and then um, Lawson and Crater Lake over in the um, Pacific Northwest. So we'll do those. So we're hoping to get those all taken care of, seven of the eight taken care of um, this year. Great. Are you guys doing parks on the air at all? I think, Charlie, you, you had some. 
I've done a few. I haven't turned any logs in, much to the chagrin of the uh, chasers, I'm sure. Uh, but I, uh, I think all three of us have talked about maybe since I think 95% of my peaks have been, uh, POTA anyway, and I just haven't counted them. So yeah, yeah I, I, I haven't yet, but I'm, I'm trans, I'm going to transition to POTA here pretty soon as well. I need to get the, need to get, uh, uh, Don Izzo on here and he can talk a little bit more about it. Do you know, Don, he, he, he does a lot of POTA. So, but, uh. Yeah, I, I don't know much about it except for it, 10 points to activate and uh, there's some type of certificates and stuff, but we'll get him on. Yeah. Mike, well, before, I, uh, before I, I took myself out of the work queue for a little while, there's a lot of times where I'm staying in hotels that are next to parks that qualify for POTA. I did one actually the work before uh, the week before work that I had this injury. And it was it was it was good. I had mixed results, but I think it's also because of the time of day that I decided to go out there and activate. So I had to work really hard to get those ten contacts running QRP with with the stuff that I carry in my suitcase. But I what I have noticed is when I do co spot, so I put an alert up on um, the Soda Watch page and an alert on the uh, Poda page because I'm in a you know national forest or whatever that qualifies. I'm seeing call signs I don't normally recognize coming across my uh, my ears when I'm when I'm uh, when I'm working the pile up. There's been new call signs, and I'm seeing them more regularly. I don't know if they've they've come over and they started chasing soda. It could just be coincidence, and they're new, they were new uh, soda chasers. But there's definitely the number of contacts that I make is definitely larger when I when I uh, uh, co spot between the two. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, we had some pretty good pileups the other day um, uh, on 20 meters, and I guess 15 wasn't good that day, but 20, 20 was really hot. It was, it was tough to keep up with all the call, all the yeah. people calling. That's what I hear as well. That you can really get some massive pileups on the on the parks on the air. So, all right. Any other questions before we roll over to the second half of show, guys? I'm good. Okay, let's uh, let's see. Why don't we uh, why don't we go with uh, Dan first? If you have anything, uh, I have a couple things. What do you what do you say, Dan? What you got? Uh, let's see. A couple things. Um, did uh, a SoCal presentation this uh, past week, so that was a lot of fun. Um, thanks to all the guys for having me on that. It was uh, it was great. Uh, enjoyed all the questions and stuff. So uh, that was really nice. Cool. I didn't know you, you know, had so, that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, and then also talk about these CW keys that are built by N0SA. So I heard some uh, stuff going around that they might not be available anymore. So of course I sent an email because uh, about two weeks ago I dropped this and I was thinking, you know, in case I break this, I should get another one. But uh, I'm a little late to the party, unfortunately. and. Uh, uh, they're no longer being made. Matter of fact, he sold his mill and everything. So I'm I'm kind of bummed out about that because I would have liked to have had another one. Uh, that key even makes my horrible CW sending skills sound uh, almost reasonable. Yeah, I, I love that key as well. I have one too. That's too, that's too bad. I, although I have to to be fair, I did warn people about a year ago that he was gonna not do that much longer. So they they were warned. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, everybody's a little disappointed, but uh, I can certainly understand that. So. But uh, fantastic key, so I'll uh, definitely be uh, taking good care of that. So, yeah. Uh, as far as anything else, I think that's it. Other than just uh, you know, Robert being a mountain goat today, so 
Uh, he was going to try and join today. I don't, don't see him in the chat, but uh, congrats uh, again, Robert. So it's great uh, getting you on a QSO today on your Goat Hill. All right. Uh, let's talk about V-Band too real quick. I know, you know, I put out a video on V-Band, but we wanted to just mention that real quick. Can you bring up, you, can you bring it up, Dan, or, or it's probably easier if you do? Uh, no? Yes, yeah. I think I can. So there's a VHF question. Roll up J-Pole on a 20-meter or 20-foot mast versus an arrow beam. Have both, I have both, but never done side-by-side, -side, question mark. You get the question? So he has a roll-up J-Pole on a 20-meter mast, and he has a arrow beam. It has both, but never used them side-by-side. -side. Do you use them side-by-side? Thank you, so I, I think what he's trying to say is better? comparisons side oh, gotcha. by side, which one's better. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. yeah. And I often wondered about that. If you take an Omni and get it high enough, is it is it actually better than than a beam? You know, usually <laughs> we've, we've just decided we're just going to hold the three-element beam and not worry about antenna height because we're already on top of a mountain. But but there is an argument that you could you could uh, you know do better with a mast up higher. Yeah, okay. My my only side by side comparison really is that that activation that Charlie and I did on um, Armor Peak. I had um, my roll up Slim Jim J pole on top of my soda pole, which is about twelve, eh, maybe sixteen feet tall, and I was working people that couldn't hear him. If you remember, yes, um, and it worked. It it's my general experience with it is I've made a lot of really good contacts with that roll up J pole. I do take the an elk log periodic with me when I'm going to do sideband because you need the, the horizontal polarization, and I I've messed around with with that <coughs> um, with but I still use when I do the um, the VHF contests I still set up the vertical for FM on on two meters and 440 because most of the people you're talking to there are using HTs and they're vertically polarized anyway. Um, but I, I've also, you know, rocked that antenna vertical, the me and the elk, um, because I've talked to people on on two meter sideband that didn't have a beam or they were using a vertical antenna or whatever. And it's hard to say because I haven't used it enough on FM other than for like when I've messed with the satellites and stuff to really say if there, there's much of a difference. I just know that the the nice thing about the 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 J pole, the roll up J pole is I don't have to worry about where I'm pointing it. It's it's you know, I'm I'm reaching out and touching everyone that can that can see the antenna. Um so up on the summit it does help, but there's obviously there's no front to back ratio or any rejection going in the other direction. But it works. Um in fact I, I'm on my second one. I, I tore one in half about a year ago. And I'm on to the next one, and it, it still works very well. So, I, I said, the only side by side comparison I have is that one activation with Charlie where he was using the arrow, and I, I was definitely working people that he wasn't working on the arrow. Yep. Cool. All right. Uh, Dan, do you have that up? I do. Uh, let me do a screen share. No, I didn't put, uh, I didn't, don't have. Uh, Anything hooked up to it because I was. Uh... No, that's fine. We just want to show people. All right. <clears throat> so just uh, there's a, a video I have on this, and and we go over the details. But if you haven't heard, this is a free website uh, that uh, uh, I don't know if I'd call him an acquaintance or a friend, but somebody I've known for a while, a buy-in, 
and one of his uh, his uh, mates put together. It's it's uh, to learn Morse code, and so you don't need a license, you don't need a radio, uh, and it's free. So you just go to this uh, URL, and you just can use the keyboard, either the uh, uh, two brackets or else the two control keys, and you can send uh, Morse code. And uh, I can hear it, and you can send back and forth with the keys. And then if uh, you want to not use the keyboard and use a, 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 a paddle, then if you go to the About tab, then you can end up, uh, uh, you can just order an interface that allows you to plug the paddle right into your computer. It looks like Kyle's in there ready to do a QSO with you, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Careful, you don't want to have a QSO with me. You'll never figure out what I'm sending. <laughs> cool. So anyway, you guys ought to check it out. Uh, it'd be a great way to learn Morse code if you don't. Yeah, buy-in from Bionics. Yep, exactly. Uh, there's there's the information on that uh, on that uh, interface. So. Yep. All right. Well, let me go on to. I have a couple things too I wanted to share. So let's uh, let me share my screen here real quick. Bring up my. Have to bring up my files here and. <clears throat> The first thing I wanted to do was was uh let me share my screen first of all. Am I gonna do this? Let me this might work. I'm just gonna share the screen here. Uh you can kinda see that right now, but I'm gonna share a screen and it'll make it easier. There. Share and there. I think you guys can see that. I need to minimize it. And scoot it over here. There, check that out. Uh, uh, somebody here from Arizona. Ah, oh, gosh dang it, I lost it. Uh, Roger, Roger Rugg, N0RSR. Hey, buddy, he he got his first CWQSO with me and the uh, Long Island CW nice. Club sent him one. And this is the first certificate that they've sent like this. It's on, if you look at the band, it's two meters CW. Two meters, yes. So, <laughs> so, nice. So I wanted to congratulate Roger for his first QSO, and, and in fact, it being a two meter CW QSO. So good job, Brad, Roger. Uh, I actually have that uh, audio, and I want to play it so you guys can hear. Roger's in the room taking a bow. <laughs> I won't play the whole thing, just let, let's listen a little bit more from him. So there's that one. <laughs> so again, congratulations to Roger. 
that's uh, uh, one of my two items. And the second item is something interesting. On that same peak where I worked Roger, I was on 20 meters uh, CW. And this is what I heard uh, when I was uh, up there. You hear that? It's multipath. Hard to interpret, I'm telling you. sharing my screen now let's just chat about that for a minute I I was up there and I, I I heard that and I'm like I kept thinking somebody was sending over the top of somebody else and in essence there it was the same person sending over the top of themselves because it was just the, their same signal but I didn't know what it was for a minute and then I'm like wait a minute maybe it's this multi-plat thing that I was I have heard about sometimes and so I called Brian and described it and he said yep yeah, that's it it's that that's the multi-path <laughs> it was pretty interesting have you guys ever experienced that I never have it. That's the first example that I've ever heard of uh, so far. First time I ever heard it was on phone on 17 meters on uh, on, a, on a net. And it was actually, I heard myself essentially when I, when I unkeyed the radio, just a little blip of the last thing I, of the very end of what I said on the other end of it. And then I started hearing it with other people that were on the net that had a strong signal and realized what was going on and did some research on it. That was a few years ago. That was the last time that um, the, that we had sunspots. So this was, you know, pre 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 cycle twenty four. Like, this is during the peak of cycle twenty three. So I think that's a good sign <laughs> if we're hearing that stuff during twenty five now. I wonder how often that that occurs. I mean, I've heard other people talk about it before, but you know, like I said, Charlie's example is the first time I've ever experienced anything like that. I don't know. I guess nobody in the room knows. We're all dumbfounded. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's, there's a. I don't remember where I saw it, but there is a, um, a pretty good explanation of what they think is happening. Is the, the, the phenomena itself? They don't really have a good explanation for why it's happening. There's some theories, but there's actually some. From what I understand, there's research going into what is occurring, but it, it does happen. And but there's not a real good explanation for why it's happening. Well, I wonder if there's, um, if like, for example, if you would experience that more like from Antarctica or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. These guys, this was a French station and a uh, Germany station that, that I mm -hmm. received it from. Wow. All right, guys. Yeah. Well, looks look, it's uh, 5.56 according to my uh, clock. So, Brian, you have anything that uh, you want to share with the group? No, I mean, other than uh, you said, my, my upcoming presentations for the ARL, look out uh, a week from Tuesday, we're going to talk antennas. And then uh, to be announced, probably going to be January 9th, I think is the tentative date. I'm just waiting for the um, for them to, to push it through and let me know it's on the schedule. 
uh, January 9th, we'll be talking VHF UHF contesting uh, soda style. So, um, you know, keep a lookout for those. Come, uh, come join me if you're an ARL member. If you're not, you should be because um, the ARL does a lot of good. It's not just a magazine. Don't let anybody else, don't let anybody tell you that because that is absolutely not true. And you get four magazines, not one, but four for your, for your subscription to the ARL and your support of the ARL. So ARL does a lot of good. It's not just a magazine, I assure you. Cool. All right. And uh, Dan, any uh, anything from you then? No, you're you're done. I'm good. I'm just hoping to get out on a peak uh, next Saturday. So okay, we'll all right. Give her a whirl. Well, let's uh, let's let uh, Bob and Joyce have the the final word, and then we'll say goodbye. Then I have one thing I wanted to add. Um, I had 15 females that have been chasing me, and I just wanted to put a shout out to them for. Um, there's nothing greater as far as I'm concerned when I make a contact than being on top of a mountain and have another female that specifically chases me to um, help encourage me and it encourages them to get on the radio also. So I thought that was pretty cool. Cool, thanks. Yeah, that, that is a good point because there's been times, I mean, literally women would get on and talk to Joyce and they'd say, I haven't talked to anybody else on the air. And, you know, it's that male-dominated hobby and all that. And uh, so it's been kind of cool to see, see her end up working a bunch of uh, other women. And, and, of course, then it's sort of like, get out of the way, Bob. Give me the mic. I'm going to be talking to these ladies for a while. We've got things to cover here. And I'm thinking, gosh, I don't know. The battery's starting to run down. I don't know how much longer we should be up here. You know, and she's like, not having any of that. We're having a CUSO here. And you call it F to F. F to F. So that's, yep. her, that's her thing. Anyway, thanks for having us on. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks, for, I, thanks we, for being there, guys. Yeah, we really appreciate you guys being here. Uh, up in the top, I have a pinned URL. That's I'll, I'm going to be sticking around here in a, probably 10 minutes. I'm going to be on another live stream. It's, it's going to be Jason's live stream, Ham Radio 2.0. So if you want to check that out, I'm going to be talking about soda uh, for I don't know how long. He does his 30 minutes to an hour about all about soda. So... Uh, he'll he'll be uh, grilling me, so uh, if you wanted to, you want to check that out, fine. If not, then you can catch it later or whatever. But uh, thanks, uh, Bob and, and uh, Joyce. Really appreciate you uh, coming on and, and uh, sharing your thoughts, and, and it was really interesting. I had a good time. And uh, Brian and Dan, we'll catch you guys as well. Uh, I guess we're gonna call it good. See you guys later. Seventy three. See you guys. <laughs>